0: Hello Spacers, I'm Christopher Schmidt, and today we're going to look back on 2015. There's a lot to be thankful for, friends, family. There's also the work we do and the colleagues that help us do the work that we do. There are those that help us complete projects that are bigger than ourselves. So we're going to take a brief pause and introspect the year 2015. Before we begin, some notes. I'll be hosting a virtual conference on January 21st about SVGs. It's a great day loaded with great topics and great speakers about learning and getting the most out of this true responsive image file format. Check out more at svgsummit.com. And uh, do you JavaScript? Do you know someone who does? There's a call for speakers for the 2016 virtual JavaScript summit. Submit your intermediate to advanced talk on Node, React, React, workflows, app architectures, almost anything underneath the sun at bit.ly.com slash capital J capital S capital S U M M I T 2016. That's bit.ly.com slash JS summit 2016. If you have trouble with that, that link or you want access to all the links discussed in the show, check out our show notes at nonbreaking tv and other shows at good Thank you for liking and subscribing on iTunes. Enjoy the show. things going?
1: Great.
2: How are things going with you? That's going great. It's been
0: a while since we've sat down and talked. You've, yeah. been, you've been busy.
2: Especially
0: with a microphone. Yeah, yeah we've we talked before, but it's, yeah. it's, kind of, it's kind of weird. So uh, this is our end of the year. Spectacular. <laughs> yes, we have actually lived another year, which is good.
2: Congratulations.
0: So, right. Congratulations. This is great. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is great. So um, what's been new with you?
2: Well, um, I've been working a lot with um, All the instructor team at my job. Mm -hmm. I am now the director of instruction for the Iron Yard. So I work Mm -hmm. with our...
0: What is the Iron Yard?
2: Iron Yard is... That's a great question. (laughs) The Iron Yard is a code and design school Mm -hmm. that started in Greenville, South Carolina, and is all over the U.S., including Austin, Mm -hmm. where we are recording today, Mm -hmm. and also London. Yes. Oh, wow. So we have classes in uh, front-end, back-end, design mobile development, and data sciences.
0: Wow. I feel like I'm forgetting something. Well, I mean, that's a lot to, to, yeah. to cover. So you're in, in charge of
2: instructors? Yeah. I, I lead our uh, instructor team that continues to grow and grow, and we're working on everything for the new year, and we're really excited and also expanding some more. So okay. lots
0: of fun stuff to work on. Cool. And then, and so this is a, but before this, you were a design instructor? Yes. For yeah. Yard, and yeah. now you're like, Meta, like if you're like in charge of every everything. <laughs> so how how's that transition though? You went from teaching to managing teaching.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty different because now I am not a day-to-day designer. Mm-hmm. But I'm designing a different aspect of it, working on a lot of the strategy of our our team and curriculum and all the fun <laughs> locations that we're going to. Yeah. So it's it's different, but a good different. It's. The, the side of design that I really like the strategic side yeah. is a different sort of design that doesn't involve Photoshop or Illustrator
0: mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's a lot of you know management is a lot of I guess strategy if you will and yes. trying to and people skills and mapping and planning and yeah. and, and a lot of people skills though so like in it's really tough in people skills I found it's like you have to maintain and relationships to make sure everyone's on board and yeah. And people are people, you know, sometimes.
2: Yeah, we have a great team, and they're all people people because they work with students on a daily basis. Right. They are great people people. Exactly.
0: And right. our students are great people people. Yeah, there you go. Cool. Well, I think it's awesome. But, uh, and one reason why we haven't sat down and talked because you've been flying everywhere. <laughs> right? He's like, oh, I can't be. I have to, like, I'm not, I'm, a, I'm envious because you're able to fly as much. So I'm just like, wow, she's, we can't talk she's doing cool things. So, right.
2: Well, some
1: of
0: those were vacations. Oh, really? Okay, <laughs> cool. So there you go. So, uh, so, you, so you, this is awesome. Congratulations. Thanks. That's was, that was pretty cool. I think that's a, that was an awesome, awesome thing. Because, like, I, like when we first met, you were actually, actually teaching at San Marcos. Yeah. State San Marcos, University. 30 State. minutes
2: south of Boston. Yeah. Or, I guess, 45 minutes from where we are right now. An hour and a half if we were to put in the current traffic. <laughs> yeah. In place.
0: Yeah, the Friday holiday, you know, start of the two week holiday, like typical yeah. American holiday. Applications, uh, vacation, so far. it's going crazy. Um, that's why I'm waiting it out here. <laughs>
1: <That's
0: all. laughs> yeah, uh, Yeah. Um, so my question to you is, like, because you went from a traditional university to, I like, guess, private type of instructions, right? Yeah. And so do you think that's a better way of teaching web design development?
2: I would say for the topics of web design and development, absolutely, because there's a huge, like, the immersive part really works well. Mm-hmm. To be in the university environment where you have other classes in other areas, like getting your three credits of bowling class or golf or whatever else.
0: Underwater is, basket weaving?
2: Underwater basket weaving mm-hmm. is a great class. Um, so I don't want to say anything bad about that. <laughs> but um,
0: if that's your passion. Go for it. Yeah, if
2: that's your passion. Go for it. But when you have only you know, a short period of time before it's time to run across campus or in San Marcos, run across the hills and make your way up the hill and back down the hill, that's not a lot of time to really, like, get deep into code. Right. And that distraction really slows down the learning process, Mm -hmm. especially because if they're meeting for class twice a week, they're not keeping up with it on a daily basis. And this is like learning any sort of language. You have to keep up with it. You have to practice. You have to do hands-on stuff, not just, like, copy and paste Mm -hmm. or... Well, these are my notes, and so this is what I should type out. They have to think about it every day, and you need time and focus and a good playlist that <laughs> would have been on RDO perhaps, and has maybe moved to Spotify, right. um, to really like concentrate. So having that sort of model where you can work on it all through mm-hmm. the day, on it every day for 12 weeks, there's a lot we can get done.
0: Right. Yeah, and I'm a tough learner. Like I'm a tough learner. I'm like nothing really comes easy for me, and like mm-hmm. I have to code it and run into a brick wall like a thousand times and then like oh we may actually go over here just to try every iteration and then once you have that you can that just takes time you just can't really like walk into a coding session and just like
2: yeah and and, and it's not going to be this like perfect like oh i come in and i learned everything and it's like Mm -hmm. through osmosis i understand it all now you have to kind of go over those hurdles you have to break stuff yeah in order to really understand the core concepts of why Mm -hmm. stuff breaks right then Fix it. Yeah,
0: you have to spill a lot of milk yeah. in order to get there. Yeah. yeah. And, because, um, like, writing web books is kind of tricky because I love the CSS cookbook I did before because I would have to tr- figure out different iterations of a problem and, say, and I would have to pick which one was the solution but then I I would get then to say in the, in the description, uh, you know, in the aftermath actually, for each problem I would say, like, why different things didn't work out the way I wanted to so that, that way people could say, like, they could copy and paste and move on with their mm-hmm. lives and, but they like, okay,
2: cool. What's that like planning that out to, for you to talk about that in a book format? Because for me, I'm, I'm able to just say, you know, code wise, I have CodePen upper. Right. I'm projecting my screen. I can make the mistake, show so, that something didn't compile, or, mm-hmm. you know, as a random example of CSS, oh, my syntax is bad. It didn't compile. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about why that happened. And because it's CodePen, we get our instant fix. Yeah. How do you put that in a book format?
0: Well, you, um, for me, it, which might be different, other cookbooks is just that, uh, for me, you have to feel like, realize why you're using the solution. Let's say, like, I don't know, an image-based solution, there's like some recipes on that. Like, why would you be trying to do a JPEG here to, I don't want to say, like, stretch out 100% or whatever. So basically, just why would that be better than a GIF or SVG or whatnot, and and what what's your pros and cons of that? And so, and so there's kind of like context clues as to why you would be doing, wanting this particular solution for this problem, and you would hope that, so you're getting that try getting that, like, bullseye, the full bullseye target, and then say, like, okay, well, if you're over here, you need to break it down a notch and, yeah. and slide it in. So, and if you have no idea what you're doing, which is what I do when I pick up, like, a coding cookbook and kind a of programming cookbook, you're like, I have no idea what's going on here. But uh, yeah. it's, it's like, uh, but yeah, like, Ruby on I was like, what the heck am I doing? Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, that's kind of like, but, that, but, like, with instructions, though, you get the hands-on stuff. did yeah. Day-to-day, that's a pretty good things. So. And then, like, even in college, they, t- they t- like, with design school, they, t- they tell you to, like, everyday practice, yeah. even though you meet, like, two or three times a week. Yeah. Do people actually do that?
1: No. No.
2: no. Okay. Uh, I remember <laughs> a lot of Tuesday and Thursday classes. For myself as a student, mm-hmm. you know, an undergrad back in Florida and also, you know, teaching here mm-hmm. in Texas, that if you have a class that's a Tuesday, Thursday, on Thursday, especially when they do the four days of classes a week and not five, mm-hmm. um, as some, you know departments do lab classes on Friday but most of them don't so yeah. that there can be staff meetings and other stuff the students are like ready to get out the door yeah. get to whatever the main street or square or whatever <laughs> bar is in the area yeah. like you know decompress and they're like yeah I'll work on it over the weekend and then most of the email you know, questions about who are coming Monday night because class is on Tuesday right. That's that really does like stretch things out it's insane how much more I feel that I've learned from teaching every day yeah things i know but things that i'm like huh, i've never even heard myself say those words in yeah. that order before yeah um, then the it's just so disconnected it just doesn't work for the the topics that we're talking about it doesn't work with photoshop and illustrator it doesn't work with javascript it doesn't work with any of the back-end languages mm-hmm. you have to like keep at it yeah it's i mean it's the same thing with languages you could download all the apps you could buy all the um, you know, secondhand
0: books, but you yeah. could go to Spain or Portugal for 12 weeks and
2: mm. work through those situations
0: yeah. and then actually get a lot more out of it. Right. Yeah. Maybe you'll bump into a baño bon- and yeah. bathroom. I'm saying the right word, hopefully it's the right word. It's yes. been a long time to the Spanish. So. <laughs> oh,
2: you're doing
0: great. Uh, really? Oh, really? Sh- that's all I know.
2: Campino.
0: <laughs> Sweet. Um, so uh, Sorry, like, oh, Spanish just threw me for a loop, but um, pretty good. So what is your day-to-day as a manager?
1: Um,
2: I spend a lot of time talking to our staff at different campuses about the different things that we have going on. It can be curriculum-related, mm. instruction related strategy-related. Um, it's, it's a lot of, you know, phone conversations and, and asynchronous conversations on Slack and Gifts and, mm-hmm. and I'm saying gifts because I heard you say gifts a second ago. Of course. And I tried not to react oddly, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's just a lot of working with staff that are in different places, yeah. and it's amazing to me how much I know those people really well, even though it's like we've actually only hung out a couple of days in person, and I forget that part.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just just yeah, you know, a lot of keeping in touch with people and. Yeah. That There's
2: a lot of collaboration, and you know the open source mentality for most of us are developers, mm-hmm. keeping that going and iterating and improving mm-hmm. on it, and documentation. Right. Like that's a lot of the developer mindsets or stand up or agile mindsets is in a lot of
0: what we do on our day to day. Okay. Right. Okay. That's pretty cool. cool. So, um, so, what are you most proud of the did, is that? Do we tackle that one again? I uh,
2: know we haven't. Uh, most proud of. For For
0: my year, yeah for your year like so so this is the end of the year celebration, right, yeah. so just want to say, hey, um, just take a look back to reflect and see yeah. what's what's going on and so like just want to say I think it's a great accomplishment I mean I'm, I think you're perfect for the job I, that's awesome I think that's really great um, and uh, I don't know is, is you think that's your proudest moment for the year for in terms of web development you
2: know in terms of web development um, I think there's still a lot of things I'm personally learning for mm-hmm. uh, for web development, for myself, Yeah. for uh, school stuff. I'm just proud of how we have grown and, and worked together mm-hmm. through all of that. From a web development as an industry standpoint, I'm trying to think of what the most proud thing I am of. I think there have been some hard conversations that the web industry has had to have this year mm-hmm. around... Um, Of inclusion and diversity, Mm -hmm. but I'm proud to see more and more of those conversations happen, and proud to see more and more individuals and companies take public stands on that. Yeah, that's been really the most exciting part. It's like let's please let's fix this. And I know it's not an overnight thing, but um, I'm, I'm proud of the efforts that
0: a lot of different people are are attempting to make. Is there like a particular example?
2: Um. I remember earlier in the year, and I think it started a little bit in 2014, but the conference code of conduct. Mm-hmm. That there's actually conferences that people won't attend if there isn't a fair balance of mm-hmm. um, gender and diversity representation. Right. And uh, if there isn't a code of conduct, there's some people who are just saying I flat out will not yep. you know, be a part of this conference. Right. I think that's been really cool.
0: That's great. I think the best one I saw was so far is that uh, uh, Sascomp, which has mm-hmm. happened in Austin, right? Yeah. Uh, did you go to that one?
2: I uh, was one of the speaker mentees
0: yeah, okay and
2: I had a lot of meetings here and there uh, in town mm-hmm. and out of town when it was here in Austin. so I made it to about two workshops mm-hmm. and a few of the the closing celebrations. yeah and I remember seeing the big banner yeah. at one of the clo- uh, not banner, but like the big sign that mm-hmm. just listed straight up like no to the following things, to see things that uh, would be harmful to people listed on that and that that's not the type of space they were trying to create was really
0: great. Yeah, it it really just, yeah, um, I saw that one and I was just just floored by Mm -hmm. uh, just, like, they were, like, just committed to, like, making it just a great space for people to be in.
2: Yeah, and I think they, they did that for a lot of the participants. I think they did that for the speakers, too, in a way that I haven't seen too much of before. Just this Mm -hmm. support that started, I think, back in May when there was the call for proposals. Mm. We were assigned speakers, and it worked with them from May until November. Yeah. Um, You know, on our own schedules to develop their talk, to practice. I remember being stuck in an airport... When Austin's airport shut down with the flooding, and oh, man, yeah. um, you know, made it back to Austin 24 hours later. Oh, that's but, right. Uh, I yeah. Spent 10 of those hours in the Charlotte airport, and <clears throat> an hour of that was on Google Hangouts with one of the speakers, and she practiced her whole talk. We talked through it. Oh, nice. we did little parts like just that level of feeling that I could give that support to someone who hadn't done this sort of format before. Yeah. But was the right person for the job because it's. Her expertise level,
1: yeah.
2: uh, but it's hard to do a workshop yeah. that you know a bunch of people are going to attend and are paying for. Yeah. It can be intimidating. So just that they set up this support structure and it wasn't just oh yeah, talk to them once you'll be fine. It was from the moment your proposal is accepted, you have someone that you're working with yeah. on the topic. You have someone that you're working on with like travel and the other arrangements. Right. And I think they just just did a really great job of of really caring about the industry and like being very inclusive and I feel like I know a lot of our Ironyard grads were volunteers yep. for it and they went, we do to in them in class and they were just like, I feel like this is one of the first times that we like came into an environment where we were not treated like these junior developers who didn't know anything it was like, so what do you do? Like, mm-hmm. They were treated as equals and mm-hmm. people just wanted to have conversations with them and they were excited about the fact that they learned this in a school environment. So they were like, what do you know that I may have missed? Yeah. So it was just like such a cool
0: thing to see. Yeah. That's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, code of contact was really, really big and, uh, diversity was big with, uh, uh, CSS DevConf conference. We, we also got stuck with, the. Because Austin got flooded, airport yeah. got flooded too. Yeah. So, but, uh, uh, but yeah. So, you know, our, our our speaker ratio was really high in terms of female to, to male or whatever. Uh, and uh, and uh, it was just, you know, but we do a double blind voting for, for that. And so I think that's just it leads to to more people wanting to see what what you have to say yeah. rather than who says it. And I think that's just really key. And that's why I think that's kind of key to. To what the web's all about, right? So if you have something important to say, I think people will find it, yeah. hopefully, and uh, and they'll resonate with it. And that's
1: yeah, what...
2: to see conferences kind of not redo everything they've ever set up, but to realign mm-hmm. and and really take that on because they have the, the, the quote unquote megaphone or microphone in order to, like, we can set the standard and that can go back to people with. Mm -hmm. to their companies and it's like I learned this and also do you see their code of conduct it's really great and the fact that so many people are open sourcing their code of conduct Mm -hmm. and reaching out to each other and I've seen conference organizers that technically would be competitors collaborate on code of conduct um, and have conversations about it that's awesome and then also I love that you know this past week I've seen so many different things on Twitter about like our annual report of the year, and it's you know usually a great one-page microsite sort of thing. But to also see diversity reports mm-hmm. start
1: to come out more and more. And
2: uh, what, what, what is
0: a diversity report? I I think.
2: It's not like the Minority Report, It's <laughs> okay. a Tom Cruise movie. But it is. Um, I've seen a couple places do, and I can't recall who just shared theirs this week. I want to say it was Pinterest. Yeah, and they shared their. Um, Ethnic and gender breakdowns mm-hmm. of their staff, and they had a lot of infographics and pie charts and all that sort of stuff about about that breakdown, and also by department, to see if there are any trends that they noticed. Yeah. And you know, there's still a lot of work to be done. They were very skewed in different areas based on the department um, on on the gender breakdown, and then there was almost a 50% down the line Caucasian. Versus the other fifty percent was the rest of the breakdown. Yeah. But I think the more companies start sharing, hey, this is where we're currently at, and we see that this is a problem, yeah. and that they're at least taking the time to go through identifying where things are at, rather than saying like we're working on it, but we don't have data to show. Yeah, I think um, it's a step in the right direction because
1: mm-hmm. yeah. they have
2: to, you know, you have to admit to the problem before right. you can fix it. Right,
0: and I think it's. Yeah, I, it's. I think it's awesome we are doing that. I think it's just, I don't know, something that for humans we, we try to address just by finding people ourselves and, and trying to find out what we can do with that. So it's it, the double blind voting is kind of how we yeah. do that. So yeah, that's cool. Also,
2: well, what were you excited
0: about this year? Uh, hey, hey, hey. something about me? No, uh, <laughs> uh, what I'm excited about this year? I, you know, I wasn't really. Except for anything, no, um, no, not true. Um I
1: mean, we
2: should talk about how the conference was on a boat. You had a conference on a
0: boat. Yeah, He's the conference on a boat. Yeah. We should talk about that. Yeah, I feel bad because like people, uh, we we heard rumors. Not sure they were true or not. It was just that people did not want to go to it because they're they get seasick. And I guess we should have said like the Queen Mary, which is you know, is permanently docked in uh, Long Beach, California, and so it is not moving. Anywhere, it is technically a uh, hotel. It's technically a hotel. Oh, cool. It's 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 actually it's still in the water, but it's not moving anywhere. Yeah. It, it'll, it'll move with the uh, the rise and fall of the tide. But that looks like, but it's in a port, so it's not yeah. gonna like do too much damage. So, um and uh, so yeah, I didn't feel anything for the whole entire time there. But uh, but it was on a boat, yeah. and uh, and uh, I felt like um, yeah, always, we were always I always feel proud about that because. The year before that, we did it at uh, in the French Quarter, mm-hmm. like we we were in the French Quarter yeah. uh, for CS DevConf, and uh, we actually had a geek parade <laughs> that went through the French Quarter, and yeah. and then we, at the end of the parade, we had like tours, mm-hmm. so you take a ghost tour, a voodoo tour, oh, yeah. history tour, and it all ended up at Cafe du Monde with a dribble meetup, and so that was kind of fun. And then this year, we're on a boat and uh, we had a yacht rock party, which okay. is what you're going to have. You should on a boat you're going to have it it does make sense
2: so I have a very serious question go for it how many jokes were made about CSS floats
0: none long. not really not, no that no. would have
2: been like my first joke to make <laughs> be like oh float
0: colon no it was, it was so sad because I felt like <laughs> afterwards like do you know how many CSS float jokes you missed man so it wasn't towards the end that we like, oh wait we should, be, we should be baking this but yeah <laughs> Uh, I guess that speaks to how much volumes I really... Uh, hate <laughs> <The floating. laughs> like, I hate floats. The floating So are
2: you a display
0: person, then? I'm a flexbox flex box type of guy now. I think flex boxes. is... With all... It has a little bugs, but I feel like... And uh, I feel bad because, uh, you know, talking to Tab, uh, a couple years ago, I was like, we don't want to do flexbox for layout.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: like, we like make it like HTML tables and have that problem again. But I feel like, but it's here. It's now. I like, can totally, like... Do that.
2: That's true, but there was also I tweeted this I think just this morning or last night mm-hmm. a it's completely in Dutch, but yay, yeah. you know, direct in tweet uh, translation, which was mostly accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a Dutch developer who was talking about like uh, you know we need to not use Flexbox yet because if we're truly invested in progressive enhancement, yeah, it's not going to work on older browsers and older devices. Yeah. So is it really? you know,
0: do those things go together? Yeah. But are we waiting? Like we're all waiting for like, like January, right. For IE to stop supporting IE eight and nine. That's
2: true. I
0: think we're all just waiting for them.
2: Yeah. I think it was in the context of progressive enhancement.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I totally get that too. But at the same time, we're like, we don't design tables anymore. We
1: don't. No, not like, I mean, I still
0: can. I mean, doing HTML email for the win. Um, but yeah, so I think, think it's kind of interesting. I don't know. So I think Flexbox, though, but wait for grids and um, you know, something that too. So yeah, I don't know. I think it's pretty cool. I think Flexbox would be pretty awesome. Uh, SVG, I'm really happy with. Um, you know, cause I was a web developer for a long time. Still am. But uh, 2001 is like when I you know uh, first heard about SVG as a web format. Yeah. And then you needed a plugin from Adobe because Adobe decided to make this push. I think they were kinda going against Macromedia Flash at the time. Yeah. They they hadn't bought Flash yet. <clears throat> excuse me. And so they were so they're making a big push for SVG for the future and install it. And I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. But you know, but Adobe doesn't own any browsers, so what have you. So but so it kinda went away when they bought uh, you know, a news flash when they bought Flash, you know. And uh, and so that's so bad. But um, yeah, so we never heard about it for a while, and then all of a sudden, with I think uh, with responsible design, it, it's crucial yeah. to to be the it's like a true responsive image format. And so yeah. and so at CES it was just like, you know, we set it up this way, but we had like sort of a track where we had like um, some of the submissions that were entered. A lot of them made it were SVG related, and then we had, had we also had Sarah Sutain Sude- mm-hmm. be a keynote, so she kicked it off, and she just like which is like threw the book at you in terms of the state of SVG, you know, pretty much, and like everything you need to know about SVG. Oh, I wish I seen that. And then, um, and then we had like uh, two or three other track sessions with SVG, like from animating to type photography and SVG. So uh, so it's pretty good. So, I mean, And people just raved about that. And so that's like, kind of, I think, as industry, really liking that because I feel like it's a kind of a final frontier. Type of thing. And then that's when I first learned about uh, was it the Green Sock animation library.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I was like, oh, well, whoa. Because, like, uh, I like SVG, but just to be able to animate it is just,
2: yeah, sounds like that, a pain in the butt. So It's, it's really not, though. It's yeah. really, really fun. Especially, you know, going back to the Flash stuff, if you've been in any sort of time based media that mm-hmm. involves keyframes and starts and stops and, mm-hmm. you know, if this, then that sort of statements, then it's really, I felt, easy to jump into any of the transition and transform stuff. Yeah. Just because a lot of the syntax is like I know what an ease in, out yeah. does because I've you know dealt with something yeah. similar to Motion Tween and Flash. And that's... I feel like it's almost the SVG stuff in line with the animation stuff that's happened has just really made me really excited about yeah. everything to do with CSS. Yeah. And I'm also seeing newer designers experiment with it a lot more. Yeah. Like, you know, students, for example, some of the ones that did volunteer for um, SASConf, they're like, it'd be really cool. I wonder if, like, we were talking about something with the Mars rover, and then we got, this was, like, while we we're working on a lab day, and then they're like, it'd be really cool to animate the solar system. So, like, mm-hmm. they have a code pen that is, you know, that asteroid belt inward Mm. all figured out and then they even broke it down well if it takes 365 and a quarter days to rotate around the earth like what do we break that down into seconds and like they actually (laughs) mathematically calculated like the correct spin and rotation of the earth itself and then the orbit right and that you have to do that on one element Mm -hmm. that let's say if we turn days into seconds so that uh rotation takes one second Mm. for the earth to turn around, it takes 365 seconds to go around the sun. That has to be a separate element that this is now, you know, rotating around. Right. It has to be on an axis, 27.3 I think degrees. Like all of these little parts, and then we have to put the moon around the Earth. That has to rotate around the sun. Yeah. That has to be on its own orbit, and then you know the other planet. Like all of that sort of stuff. That it's like taking fun stuff and then applying it with CSS. It's like, well, we built the solar system. Yeah. And it's, it, you know, it's a fun side project. It's a fun collaborative thing to, to do, and it gives you a different understanding of, of CSS, and it's just so cool. <laughs>
1: like
2: that and all the SVGs. And the other thing with SVGs cool. is the responsive uh, branding, like experiments that people are mm that when we used to do this, like, this is my social media icon, but then when it's the full logo that's on the letterhead, it'll have the text next to it, that people are now transitioning the logo of any product or, you know, client website, and that that's changing because SVGs are allowing them to do that. It doesn't have to be like, well, if it's small, then I have to make it a background image on this div so that I can switch the background image in CSS later on, or I have to use, like, Picture fill too, and
0: yeah. you know, any of that, that they can just like SVG at the second part, done. Yeah. So, like, the Sarah Sudan, Sudan had like, or at Coat Drops had like logos that would change. Yeah. Like, the, uh, it'd be like a filled circle when it's wide, and then just go smaller, would be like just the umbrella or whatever. Yeah. I think it was, like, or maybe it's an anchor, I'm not sure, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, so. I think
1: Sarah. So. But it's the
0: same concept, not, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. That's, yeah, I love that. That's pretty nice. Because actually, it makes it a true res- res- responsive image solution, and then, in fact, we talked to Simon uh, last week about this. <laughs> it's like kind of a repeat of the show, but he's uh, uh, like we talked to Simon Saint from O'Reilly, and he was talking about how uh, uh, even um, SVGs like with Estelle Wiles Concar technique, mm-hmm. how we try to use it as a p- potential solution for raster responsive images, and so, but uh, but it's all because of a Chrome bug, I think we. Can, can't do it. So, uh, but yeah. So, uh, but also, I think um, the project I'm working on is uh, that uh, I, I started in earnest in January, and I wasn't feeling too well started this year, so I didn't. I was got kind of sick, so I didn't really do much for most of the year actually. And so, um, I was really happy I got kicked, I pushed out the door was the uh, the Kickstarter project. Yeah. And so I got actually got funded. So I'm. Like, Yay. So I'm really happy it's funded. Now I want to work on being a Kickstarter project that's done. Well, <laughs> so,
2: what's your
1: goal,
0: like? For uh, that? Um, well, we still have to do do the day job,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but um, um, so I'm really kind of focused on getting the rewards out as possible. Yeah. So all the digital rewards, so that's how we really want to get that done. Okay. But hopefully by mid year, mm-hmm. by of 2016 get it done and so that, so. Awesome. Also, I'm trying not to make it a mammoth book. I I tend to write mammoth. Things and then I have to like, I have edit Yeah, so it's just like crazy. Um, yeah, so I'm trying to get that done as soon as I can. But I, I love the book. I like the concept of making it uh, kind of a niche thing, where it's like yeah. making a richer fitting website. I'm like really.
2: I mean, that's something that we're having conversations about all the time. And realistically, that's what a lot of people are going to be working on. Yeah. It's very ideal that they're going to get something from scratch. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of live content and stuff that's already out there, and it's like we just need to make the switch.
0: Yeah, and so and then like in there's lots, and there's like yeah, there's so many things out there that can help people. So, but yeah, I'm really happy with the book. I had the book idea for a year or two, trying to, to to be able to just, like, get it done. It's kind of kind of cool. So, awesome. but but yeah. So, uh, yeah. So we're looking. What advice would you give to people, web builders, for
2: 2016? Hmm, that is a good question, and I think it. You know, I think about a lot of. Our industry where it's going and and that side of things and I think a lot of that for me I'm separating from code mm-hmm. but what we can do as an industry and and developers and designers I think we still have a lot of work to do. My advice would be like drawing this question <laughs> out as much as
0: possible.
2: So before my words, you're ahead. stalling. No, I actually do. I, I have a. It's more of an emotional answer. Okay. And uh, I'm not apologizing for it or trying to... Yeah, I'm prefacing it a little bit just to let people know. But I think my advice would be that I think we need to do a better job of understanding each other's jobs. Mm. That we can get very caught up in, like, this is the front-end developer's process. These are things I need to do in my, like, ideal environment. We kind of forget a little bit of the before. If yeah. The before happens to be a designer and what they need to hand over and what goals they need to meet. Mm-hmm. And then the next step of the back-end developer. I mean, I know these are not just like an assembly line that goes down that path, but the whoever's hands are involved in this, mm-hmm. they should kind of be given the respect to be a part of it. And it's not like my mind, you can't see what I'm working on right now. Like talk about it, share it. Mm -hmm. That instead of working in these sort of assembly line and like I hand over these mockups and you build it out and then you add a server and this sort of stuff to it and then you take it to the client, Mm -hmm. that everyone kind of get in the same room from start to finish. And really start collaborating more on it and trying to understand each other's roles because that's gonna just, there's so many people sharing their frustrations about other roles. Okay. And if they just tried to like sit down with the people that do those roles and mm-hmm. kind of learn about what their process was like, mm-hmm. I think they would be less frustrated in their own roles.
0: Can you give an like, example?
2: You know, there's just so many of the, the conference talks of like, should designers learn how to code and should developers, you know, be messing with CSS? And it's the like,
0: answer is always no, by the way. It's only you, just want you to know that. <laughs> yeah. Oh. oh, wait, wait, wait. Sorry. I have
2: to so much of people who are making, you know, not in particular to anyone, but like about roles that exist that front end developers only care about these things and back end developers only care about these things. We're almost working in these silos. Yeah. And then getting frustrated about, like, well, no one else gets us. Yeah. And I think part of that means that we need to, you know, open that cubicle imaginary door or mm-hmm. get in a common space with the other people and be like these are things that are frustrating me what frustrates you Like, what can I learn from you how can I do a better job yeah. in supporting that can I make recommendations for what you can help me with and like mm-hmm. actually try to remember that we're on the same side right
0: well I that type of uh, issue if you will mm-hmm. has been with the web you know our industry for at least since the late 90s, you know, just, and I don't, I don't see that going away anytime soon, and, uh, which is makes me a Debbie Downer a little bit, but, uh, um, but yeah, I, I, but I do like, you know, there's agile uh, processing. There's, like, you know, more team initiatives. There's paired coding, which isn't the same, but I feel like, you know, they're, they're. they're I think people are realizing more now than they have been that there is a difference, but um, at the same time, it's, I think when I, when I see a presentation like that where, or someone submits a, a talk like that, mm-hmm. I feel like oh, I feel really bad because you obviously come from a, a background or a job where you uh, don't get to talk to a designer or you don't get to talk to a programmer, whichever you know. What it, I feel like I feel really bad about that. I'm like um, it's like you know, but you know, it, and it gets to a point where you know, when I was more of a freelance, like did more web work on daily and ate more client work, I, I you know I wouldn't work with a programmer who didn't respect design. You know, it was just because there's two. Uh, you know, they didn't respect design coming from it's Just and, um, and so I worked with the programmer who just wanted to lem- wanted to know more about design, and that made me want to work with him mm-hmm. to l- know more about his limitations of the programming. That's so all that too. So, but yeah. So, but, uh, but yeah. We have the means to you know improve that communication though.
2: Like we both have Slack open on our computers right now. Yeah. Uh, Twitter, Medium. You know, there's all these different. And it's
0: just like, let's just try to be more on the same page and, and yeah. just more open minded. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree with that. So, um, you know, I just, but uh, hopefully you can work towards solving the problem, but I just also feel like, yeah, I don't know. I think if you ever, I think from my point of view, is like, if you ever see someone give another talk like that, I hate hanging up on the point that you have a talk. <laughs> if you ever see someone who says, like, who has submitted a talk, for, like, I really, we should, developers or designers should should work together more or know more about it. Just, if you're uh, if you're hiring, go talk to, <laughs> and you have a good workplace, that person, that's a cry for help, it's that person who wants a better job, I
2: think. But I think, you know, I did see a talk earlier this year in Houston mm. um, that one of my coworkers was one of the organizers of yeah. called Space City JS, and a former student of ours from um, another campus Spoke about the importance of knowing a little bit more about those other sides. Yeah. And a lot of the other stuff at the conference was over my head. Yeah. There was, you know, a person with like a haptic thing on his arm, and yeah. it was live code pen <laughs> yeah. coding. Yeah. And then live tweeting those code pens as he was moving his arms all around, like That's every cool. couple of seconds. That's pretty awesome. Like how he did all of that. Yeah. Just like blows my mind. It was gorgeous, like animations and. SVGs and stuff that was built out through his hand motions that were, you know, moving around, but hers was one of the ones where she's not pulling up code, she's just talking about, like, bigger picture stuff, and they had a Slack channel for the conference, and that was, like, so many people were just like, oh my God, me too, like, you were, I get that, I get that, I just want to work more with other people, and I just want to have those conversations, but there are people that are trying to like, hey, what are you working on? Can I learn more? And then those people are like, no, yeah, shut it down. So I think right. there's
0: just, there is, I think that, like, need people do want to look at the bigger picture a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, well, it's so wild. She, she has a point where, like, you know, in this industry, it's kind of like, if you're not getting that, you know, if you're not getting that type of mm-hmm. ability to talk to people about what you're working on, you know, you try to find another job, I guess. I think it's just, she was totally open about, like, saying there's your, your skills are in demand.
1: Yeah,
2: I mean, and then,
0: so it's.
2: Yeah, but I think there's also people that can make that impact. Yeah. And say, you know, let's reapproach this. And it doesn't have to just be the project manager, it can be a group conversation. Yeah. But like, what can we do to improve our. Mm.
0: And that goes back to also culture, right? Yeah. And making sure that uh, you have a great culture that starts up, you know, up top and yeah. working way down. So, yeah, it's tough. Something that. too.
2: what advice would you,
0: about? for
2: 2016?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to steal this one from uh, Dave Rupert and just build websites.
1: <laughs> and so, um, is
0: that what he said? That's what he always says. That's <laughs> amazing. Um, but yeah, I think that's advice for me. I think I'm trying to produce a lot more. Like the yeah. the uh, it's, I haven't told this publicly yet, so it's, but uh, part of the Kickstarter is that um, I want to actually. There's three things I want to produce that will help me. Um, and others I hope uh, uh, before the book can get written there's like three mini projects I want to do and so that's kind of what the funding was for was, like, to like produce the mini projects and so um, but yeah so a lot, a lot of research things that yeah. I can help to produce that so I'm really looking forward to that cool. and they're all mini projects but they all will take some time yeah. to do that and so then I'm going to go release those to the people who back the project
1: mm.
0: and so they they have it too I'm really excited for those those things um, and then also um. There's, I think, it's build build projects that you like. You like, you know, Dave calls it. Uh, Dave ever calls it that building websites. I call it like um, building calling cards. You know, and so like, you know, like instead of leaving your business card, you would leave a small like one page website that's really kind of cool. Like, yeah. um, you know, whether it's a site that makes eight bit art or a site that has the many faces of, uh, you know, Nicolas Cage. You know, it's so one that you know. So it's just. <laughs> You know, it's something that's unique. That's like people can like, oh, this is what you do, and then have your Twitter handle at the, bo- at the bottom of it, or whatnot. So people can like say like, hey, this is what this is you.
1: I
2: want to add to that advice though, which is that when people do that, please don't hijack people's scroll.
0: <laughs> what is people's scroll? This people oh, review. not
2: people's scroll. Just like don't scroll hijack.
0: What's what is scroll hijack?
2: Whenever you go on some of these parallaxy mm-hmm. sites, and I've seen this on a certain hardware mm-hmm. joint than it is our computers and phones. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when they put that speaker thing out, I don't even know what, no, it's not a speaker. It's a speaker thing? I, oh my gosh, no, that's Amazon. I think Apple did it. And I think they did it on the watches and I think they did it on the thing that looked and I have no idea what that was. <laughs> Completely what, like, right. what that was. So, like, but, so, so is this
0: something, like. But on so, scrolling that that
2: the JavaScript is hijacking it, then it's not actually the, what the user is doing. So yeah. if they're doing a light scroll that it, like, shoves them down the page. Okay. Then that should not be
0: happening. Or is it, like, also, like, it, like they scroll down, but it still scrolling down and hijacks it and it moves the images carousel? Yeah. Is, that, yeah. is, that, is, that, is that one? Okay. Yeah,
2: so all that sort of stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah, back in the day we had this thing, before you could uh, style CSS form elements, we had this thing where, like, um, uh, don't attempt to, uh, um, the, it, was, it was a user experience or usability type of thing. It was, like, don't try to change the form of a browser element. And part of that was, like, don't try to recreate the back button.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, because people know the back button is in the browser, they know the refresh button in the browser very well, yeah. and if they don't want to be on your website, they do not want to be on your website, and there's yeah. nothing you can do to stop them. So don't try to, you know, recreate the back button. Don't try to recreate form buttons. But now it's a little different because now you can install everything, but you know, back in the day, you can uh, apply CSS to form elements. So uh, I'm old, but uh, I don't like to think about the, those days. I, I would look back at some uh,
2: of the, the stuff I had done back then. Yeah. Which was, you know, Geocities and Angel Fire type stuff. It's beautiful. It's beautiful.
0: I can't imagine life without CSS. Yeah, well, actually, one of my my most depressing talks at conferences I gave was I I did um, uh, a breakdown of CSS properties like 21 versus the number of browsers that were out. Like no, because back then we didn't actually have version numbers browsers, and determine which which browser would allow you to sell which form elements with CSS rules, and it was terrible. You couldn't install anything, pretty much. So it was, and people were like, well, what can we do to fix it? Like, do you know a browser engineer? Like, nope, not much, <laughs> so, so uh wow, that was so depressing. But now we can, so, moving forward. Uh, so in the future, I want everyone to just go funky with their browser form elements. That's what I'm Go to do. funky. Yeah, go funky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Browserfunky.com uh, forms. I'm buying it that, right now. <laughs> just, uh This is where you can find this website, this episode. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's, so i probably build websites, build stuff that you like to do. Yeah, so that's some um,
2: of the best things that I think people
0: put out there. Yeah, so when I, when I did wood design teaching, uh, you know, I had like a semester with students, I would just say, uh, we're going to have a semester long project. This is what you're going to do. Either build your own personal website portfolio. Or a hobby or, or pastime that you're interested in right now yeah. don't like like do not think about it if you love it we're building it don't second guess it because you have okay. plenty of other chances to second guess yourself as you code yeah. learn coding and so like that so but know that you're building a site for something that you love yeah. or and a role help you you know with your like, a resume resume site down the road. and so.
2: then share it yeah and- you're holding back from sharing it because you think it's unfinished. Mm-hmm. Like that's what pull we'll requests are for. Yeah, that, you know, if other people have ideas, or if, uh. and or version control rather, and then if other people have ideas, that's what pull we'll requests are for. Like mm-hmm. share it anyway, yeah. so that it can be this living, breathing thing that people can mm-hmm. interact with and that you can continue to have not a relationship with, but like progress. Mm-hmm. With. Right. Like share it, please.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and so like that's the thing is like also like I think people how you you know with students like and I find this really difficult with myself is just, like to market and let people know I built something
1: yeah.
0: and I feel like it's really tough like some people are very easy uh, proclaiming you know this website this is awesome I'm like go go check it out and yeah. so and I find it very difficult for me to say like um, you know I have an ego and I really want people to see it At the same time I don't want to like be embarrassed by putting out something that might be bad and so but you mm-hmm. know
2: think you know the the right thing to or the rightest thing I can think of to do not the right thing um would be to write about it and say like this was my process and like this is what I intended to do and this is or isn't that intention but this is what I've put out there and Mm. hey I know it's a work in progress it's something that I hope to continue working on, so yeah. if you have thoughts, you know, comment below or, yeah. you know, pull request, or, you know, issues or whatever, yeah. and then share it, because yeah. then you cover the, I think it's ego if it's like, it's perfectly done, there's yeah. nothing that needs to be done, <laughs> but if you're just, you know, hey, if is, is you're it? Yeah. looking for some stuff to collaborate on or, you know, if you have the time to look at this. Yeah.
0: That's a good way of doing it. And just share your intentions
2: so like, people can get on board with
0: it. Yeah, totally. That's pretty t- totally awesome. I think that's it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Let's, talk, let's listen to some people. We actually we went out and we asked a few people, some friends of the show, uh, some questions that, uh, that uh, we just asked ourselves.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What are they most proud of? And so the first one is uh, Molly Hoshlag And let's see, let's hear what she has to say.
3: Well, hey there, this is Molly. Considering that I have not been very active, that is going to be a short answer, but I'm glad to say that it's a long reaching answer. I was able to be part of a team as the subject matter expert lead um, in rebuilding the advanced web development course for a major for profit university that is around the world. And anybody who takes that class will now be able to be up-to-date um, and possibly even a few years uh, to the future in their education as they leave, because uh, for, for a 400-level course is the last year of their bat- bachelor's. So at any rate, um, I'm very proud of that and the university was very impressed with the work so hopefully there will be more to come and this way uh, we get people learning great practices and uh, the best in modern thinking for the web. Uh, we get them in school and I think that that's a, a really important place to be doing the, doing the deed. <laughs> Thanks.
0: Accessibility yeah. in education, that's pretty pretty awesome. I think it's pretty uh, to pull off an accessibility course for a for a university is pretty awesome.
1: Yeah.
0: That's pretty nice. And this is the uh, next one's from Greg Story.
4: Twenty fifteen, I'd say the the biggest accomplishment, the thing that I'm the most proud of is my time at IBM Design uh, working closely with 40 designers and developers. Uh, over the course of two cohorts, I managed three teams of anywhere between six to eight designers on some pretty pretty complex projects in, in very large enterprise-sized domains that uh, most people would have a hard time getting their wrapping their brains around it in six months and uh, we did it in six weeks and I'm genuinely proud of the work that those designers uh, that they did uh, not just the actual uh, prototypes and and the actual project deliverables themselves but just how they uh, conducted themselves professionally how they were able to work with some very, very high-level stakeholders uh, and, um, and and leaders. Um, but then going back to their craft, how we were able to work together to hone uh, their skills and their, their talents into uh, mostly, uh, across most of the projects, into uh, prototypes for, for products and services that exceeded expectations. And uh, it was just an immense pleasure uh, to, to see these, these young designers, uh, to, to go from day one of, of not really comprehending what the heck's going on, to being almost uh, masters at, at the domain. And, and to not only be a part of that, but to, to be able to kind of step back and, and kind of watch it progress, uh, that was amazing. And uh, I am looking forward to doing more of it in 2016.
5: I think the thing that I'm most proud of that I did this year was probably my new book. Um, it's called Responsive Design Patterns and Principles. and you know, it was working with a book apart. Who are some of the finest people I know? I got a chance to work with one of my favorite people and editors, Aaron McKissane. Uh, but I think, it, you know, it was basically a two-month writing process, and I kind of spent nothing but work on the book, and I hadn't done that in a while, and it was really great to kind of just really focus on a very long writing project for a while, and kind of. I don't know, get down on paper a lot of the things that I've been thinking about over the last couple of years. Um, Not just talking about specific responsive design patterns, but also trying to, I don't know, help get down some principles to help us to deal with some of these challenges that we're dealing with the further we get from the desktop. So, I don't know, no book is ever perfect when you finish it, but uh, I feel pretty good about this one.
2: About
0: it. it's already on my Christmas list. I already got it. All right, um,
2: not
0: Christmas
5: list, my holiday reading list. All right, yeah. mm-hmm. cool. So then we asked, What advice would you give? Mm-hmm. So this is even. Um, this isn't exactly new advice, but hopefully it's good advice. Yeah, which is, um, in 2016, try to prototype more. Um, This has been a big thing for me over the last few years, you know, something that I'm still working on in my own practice, but getting out of Photoshop or now getting out of Sketch a little earlier and knocking out a rough layout, even if it's in pencil and paper or in throwaway prototyping code, is a really great way to kind of get things out of your head and into somebody's hand as early as possible. Um, And this is something that I've heard from my clients you know, or from f- folks that we've interviewed on the responsive design podcast, is that getting a rough prototype actually into somebody's hand is almost transformative. It helps really kind of like bring any content design related issues to the fore, and helps people move away from thinking about just the desktop driven experience. So, um, the more you can do prototyping in your work, uh, regardless of the tool, or maybe you're partnering with somebody else to make that prototype, um, I think the better your product's going to be.
0: Ask Molly what advice she would have.
3: So, what advice would I have as Molly to other web developers in the coming year? I would have to answer this with a fairly standard, expected answer from me, which is find the passion. When you find the passion, the rest follows. I am also looking for my passion as a web developer again. And I think a lot of people are. So be very sensitive to what makes you excited about your work. Figure that out and focus on building that into the into the largest part of your day that's what i would say is the best way <laughs> to uh to move ahead because there's so much you're going to have to learn you're going to constantly have to learn this at least will keep you always looking for the thing that makes you happy it's the thing that you do that you are most passionate about and the reason why you do what you do so this way you're constantly getting at least some self affirmation and esteem from uh the doing as much as the result.
4: Cool. And this is a great story. My advice for developers in 2016, uh, I, well, there's a couple of things. Uh, one is, I'd say, continue to find ways where you're working hand-in-hand with designers. Uh, just as designers you know, need to improve their understanding of the developer world, Uh, the developer really needs to seek out uh, what they can learn uh, about user-centered design and find ways to collaborate and contribute to uh, not just the project but the the outcomes of the design work Uh, just because you're a developer doesn't mean you should be hiding behind code Uh, get in there and as it were get your hands dirty the second piece of advice i have is to avoid chasing down the seemingly continual uh, availability of new tools. Uh, and, you know, it's always cool to go check out things that are new, but just be wary that shiny new objects aren't going to get the job done. Uh, that's going to be on you and your, your skills and uh, your ability to learn more and to improve, uh, improve your craft. Any thoughts? All good thoughts. It's yeah.
0: a great um, group of people with some great advice.
4: Yeah,
0: yeah. And um, this is the first time I've talked to Molly and like I've heard Molly talk actually in years. So it's, it's good to us hear her voice one more time, sing it. We wish you a merry Christmas, we wish you a merry
1: Christmas, we wish you a merry Christmas, and a happy new year. With tidings with it's, a,
0: it's a great song, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a good song. We're right?
1: right. <laughs> yeah. I think it's kind of evil, right? Yeah.
0: But have you you ever had figgy pudding? No. Would you be interested in trying some figgy pudding? Is
2: it fig pudding or figgy pudding? It's figgy pudding. I don't know. (laughs) Do you have
0: some? (laughs) No. I actually tried looking for some because I did want to like bring it out to you and say, hey, Sam, would you like to have some figgy pudding? Because it would be great, right?
2: Well, I think the only way that you can have figgy pudding is if you demand (laughs) some
0: I think you're, you're half right because I asked around uh, Whole Foods, uh, H-E-B-E, which is a like national chain here for a normal grocery store. <laughs> I call it. Top 50 for best places to work. Yeah, uh, yeah, and there's uh, Full English, which is a uh, English-focused you know, food. They do not make or serve sea Pudding. Hmm. And, in fact, everyone told me. You're better off just buying the ingredients and making it yourself. (laughs) I was like, I'm not gonna go out of my way to make veggie pudding. But if these people come up to my house and demand it, what am I gonna do? So be careful out there, guys, it's holiday season. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, happy holidays, Sam. Happy holidays, Chris. Thanks for being on the show.